Don't miss the second special edition of More Faith, More Life, where we're going to talk about the new book, If You Only Knew, and I'm going to teach you how to get it for free. You were made for more than the status quo. I'm Pastor Steve Gray, and this is the More Faith, More Life podcast. This podcast is for Christians with an ambitious heart who want to be more for their family, do more with their career, and see more of God's promises in their life. I've spent many years as a worship artist, minister, nonprofit leader, bold truth speaker, and most importantly, father and spouse. When I was in my early 40s, I was craving more, more from God and more from life. I'd done everything I was supposed to do. My life was good, but it wasn't good enough. So I spent the following years diving into the Word of God and searching for the biblical principles that would bring me closer to God and help my purpose and life flourish. That's what I want to share with you. In every episode, you'll get practical tools based on real-life experiences that you can put into action to redefine your faith and, ultimately, your life. So, if you're ready to do more, subscribe to More Faith, More Life, and hear an unfiltered biblical truth every week. It's time to be and experience more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special edition, the second special edition of More Faith, More Life. And the reason it's a special edition is because I'm going to talk to you about the ebook that I just finished called If You Only Knew, If You Only Knew. And uh, I'd like to make it, a, you know, a book you can hold in your hand and everything, but uh, I didn't want to have time to print and all that kind of stuff because this book is so important. You've got to get it now, now, now. With the things happening in the world, you've got to read this. It's called, If You Only Knew, A Guide for the Clueless Generation. And, you know, God has a great plan for mistakes, sin, foul-ups, right? I mean, the Bible says that everybody's sinned, right? So if God's going to do anything with anybody, he's going to have to do it with a sinner. And so he's got a plan that you can, he's faithful, he's just, Jesus will forgive you of your sins. So run to him, go to him with the idea that you're not just going to get forgiveness and run away, but you're going to stick with him. You're going to him because you want to be a part of what he's doing, right? You're going to make him your savior, your Lord, and then let him do what he does. Let him forgive you of your sins and wipe it clean and start afresh and make some plans with him. Tell him, you know, about your life. Tell him about yourself. And uh, then read the Bible and find out what he wants for you. So all those things. God's got a great plan for sin. But he, he doesn't have a plan for the biggest problem we have today. Because if he has a plan for sin, then that's not good to have sin, obviously. But he's got a plan for it. God has a plan for almost everything. All right? So God has a plan for being sinful but he doesn't have a plan for being clueless. You see, we are a sinful generation. They're all sinful generations. But our problem is not the sin problem. Our problem is we are clueless. We are the clueless generation. And I explained last time when I, the book opens up, you'll learn that about Israel in uh, the last days of when Jesus was ministering, him trying to tell them what makes for peace uh, because they had a plan to fight Rome and they eventually did, and rebel against Rome is a better word, and, and win. And uh, this is the first time, uh, well, not the first time, but this is the time when Jesus is saying, you're not going to win because Rome is not the problem. 
they had it backwards. They, they had it like Rome is the problem and then causing all our problems. They had it backwards. The backwards is they were the problem, and because they were a problem, it opened the door to Rome. See, when you don't follow God's plan, you open the door to your enemies or even evil enemies, you know, or evil spirits or just bad things, you know. And so that's what happened to them. See, there would have been no Roman occupancy if they had to follow the plan of God without corruption, without, but anyway, that's the other story. But they didn't listen. He said it was hidden from their eyes. So they were clueless of what they needed to do to make peace, to live safe, safely, to get rid of Rome, maybe even defeat Rome eventually. But he says, it's hidden from your eyes. Therefore, your enemies are coming. Well, that's kind of where we are today. We are a clueless generation, and because we're clueless, we're going to open the door to enemies not knowing that we're doing it. It's not, and you'll hear a lot of great preaching on the problem with all everything going on in our country is all these sinners, our sinfulness. Okay, I, I got it. That's a problem. God's got a way, though. But God has no plan for clueless people, for our cluelessness, because clueless people don't know what to do. They don't do what's right, not because they don't want to do what's right, but because they don't know what to do. Or they're just clueless blindly, like, you know, he said it was hidden from your eyes. Uh, one of the other examples in the book that you'll understand is the story of Noah. And it's really great the way I think I bring it, because I've never heard it taught or told the way I tell the story of Noah, but I also include the story of Noah as the other people because Noah is known for building the ark, right? Noah built the ark and the animals and all the children know that story and you, but uh, that's not what he was. He was not a shipbuilder. He was not an ark builder. He was not a boat builder, right? No, the Bible says he was a preacher. Ah, that changes everything because what do preachers do? Ah, you're right. They preach. And so he preached. What did he preach? It says he preached righteousness or he preached what was right. All the other people, they were doing a lot of wrong. It was a pretty, it's a pretty wicked generation. Okay. Pretty evil, evil time in, in history, but, and God noticed, but before he flooded the earth, he sent them what? A preacher. And what was that preacher giving them the chance to do? Listen and stop being clueless. They were clueless. I mean, there were a lot of signs something's happening, and they should have listened to this guy, right? Because one, for one thing, a giant ark is a sign either he's crazy or he knows something we don't know. And isn't it amazing that not any of the people got it, not any of them except his own family. And so it says that Noah built an ark to save his own family. Well, okay, back up now. This could be get it back into the hands of the people, right? What about all those other people? Were they doomed to die? Did God just say, you all are going to die, you're bad, he's good, uh, so he's going to build a boat to say, wait a minute, God didn't do a miracle. The miracle might have been the flood, but building a boat is not a miracle. That means any of those dads, any of those fathers, they could have built a boat too. It wasn't, a, it, surely there were some shipbuilders there or some lumber guys there, you know, or somebody that knew how to work with wood and, and all the gopher wood and all that stuff. Why didn't they build a boat? See, they could have believed his message and he could have said, well, there's no room here. I got to have all my family, and all these, animals, whatever. Or maybe we could put a few families on. But then if they had to listen to his message and believed it, that what was coming is coming. 
They could have built a boat. They could have believed. They could have had faith. They could have built a boat, and they could have saved their own family. Nothing stopping them. It doesn't mean that their boat was going to sink, and God wouldn't let them repent or anything like that. No, but the problem is they were clueless. They must have seen it. People saw it. The leaders saw it, but they were clueless of what was going on. Even though he was preaching righteousness, what was right, they were clueless. And they could have been forgiven. They could have been forgiven just like God has ways to forgive, right? But they didn't because they were clueless that they needed it. Maybe they didn't want it. I don't know what they were thinking, but they could have. And get this now, maybe, maybe somebody listening is a great scholar will argue with this one, but isn't it technically at least, theologically at least correct that if, <clears throat> if a flood is coming to destroy and everybody there repented and turned to God, that there would be no need for a flood? In other words, the flood could have been stopped. I mean, that has to be right because that's the pattern of our whole the Bible. I mean, you know, uh, Jonah, you know, Jonah too. Great story, right? Uh, he's supposed to go preach to Nineveh and he doesn't want to. And, you know, so he rebels himself. He gets on a boat and another big storm comes and, um, and he says, well, I'm the problem. The reason this, listen, the reason the storm is coming is because a preacher wouldn't preach what he was supposed to. Did you hear that? It could be any kind of storm and they were all going to die. They cried out and said, we're going to die. The sailors said, we're going to sink. So they threw cargo overboard and all that. And finally it got down to said, no, it's not your fault. It's my fault. The, sink, the, the boat is going to sink. Because, the ship is going to sink because of me, because I am a preacher and I'm not willing to preach what God wants. So instead of you all dying, throw me overboard and I'll, it'll be the end of me, but you all will live. So what'd they do? They did. They threw him overboard. And uh, then you know what happened. Then he, instead of dying, though, he's swallowed by a giant fish. And inside the fish, he's covered with seaweed. He comes to his senses. He repents and says, he'll do it. I'll do it. And the fish spits him out on dry ground, and he goes to Nineveh, and he preaches. Now, what he preached was this. If you don't repent, if you don't change, then you're going to be destroyed. Okay, in 40 days, you got 40 days to make up your mind. And so he preached that message. Well, guess what they did? They repented, they changed, they turned to God. And guess what it did? The destruction never came. Never, did you hear that? Destruction never came. See, that's my plan with this book, if you only knew, or ebook, small book, is to help you understand what do we need to do so that we can push back disaster, war, destruction. I know nations want us, but they don't have to get us. We can get God on our side where there is supernatural biblical type power and protection that can be over our country and other countries too. And so as you uh, look, get to reading this some more than we talk about um, when um, I wrote a chapter called Running with Horses when Jeremiah was supposed to preach too, and he was so worn out he was just so worn out, you know, uh, by dealing with people because they wanted to kill him because he didn't like his preaching and all that and what he was prophesying and all that. And he was just so worn out by all that. And God spoke to him and said, look, you're just getting started. It's going to get harder. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. And isn't that maybe what God's saying to us? Listen, it's not going to get easier before, before it gets more difficult. And so if you're exhausted now, 
if you, I'm talking to you now, not to Jeremiah, if you're exhausted now, if you're worn out now and uh, trying to get along and you just can't take another thing, you know, and you're, you just want to blank out, you just can't wait to get home and do nothing, uh, then what are you going to do if it gets worse? And that's what God was saying to Jeremiah. He says, listen, if you're, if you're worn out running a foot race with people, how are you ever going to run with horses? And of course, nobody can outrun a horse in real life, but it's a great picture that wild galloping horses are coming to destroy and, and, and he's going to have to compete with them. And uh, so if you're worn out now, Jeremiah, you better get with it because it's still coming and it's going to be worse. Could that be what God's saying to us? So that's why we need to get on it. We need to read this book and get on it. And then the last part of the, as we get towards the end of it, I wrote a chapter called the cause of war. And, um, I was asked by a reporter once it's in here, but reporter once, uh, if God is a good God, why are there wars? You may have heard some similar statement and uh, I knew what he was up to, you know? So I, I just asked him, you know, why would, why do you think God has anything to do with wars? Uh, and I can't, I, I wrote in the book exactly as it happened, but it was something like, you know, he said, well, isn't God in charge of everything? Doesn't God run everything? And I said, of course not. Cause does he run you? Does he, are you run by God? Do you do, he makes you do things or do you get to do what you want? And we hope it's what God wants. You know, you know, are we independent? Yeah, we, we don't, he doesn't, we're not his puppets, right? So he he's not controlling me. He's not controlling you. So why would God be in control of war? And then when you get down to the real fact of it is the Bible says that wars happen because people want something they can't have. And then they get angry and they fight and they quarrel and wars happen. Uh, and fights happen between people because they want something they can't have. And then when they try to get it, unless they get it, then they break out in anger and war and all that. So wars are not caused by God, are they? Wars are caused by people. And God allows us to make mistakes. He allows us to get angry, right? It's not a good idea, but we can do it. And so wars happen because people want something. And there's people that want what we have. They want our country. They want our economy. They want our lifestyle. And some of them, I think, are going to plan on doing it. There's people that want to, at least. And so we have to understand that we've got to, listen now, we've got to stop the fighting among us. Because, you know, if we were, I'll just be a father to you for a second. If our country is or was, was or is, struck by a nuclear rocket, missile, or maybe more than one, or maybe just an area of the country, right? Then you've got death. And, and you've also got all the fallout and everything that happens. It's going to be a terrible thing. Okay. So if that were to happen, are we then going to fight over uh, curriculum in our schools? Are, we, are, are teachers going to come forth and say, I'll tell you the most important thing is we teach sex to our third graders. It's not even going to cross our mind, is it? No, by then it's, it's survival time. So we need to quit fighting now. And realize we need to unify ourselves and do what we need to do to save ourselves and protect ourselves and give ourselves a future. And so what we need to do right now is realize uh, elections are coming soon and then all into next year into the presidential election. And we need to realize that we've got to combine the spiritual with the political. My job, my occupation is in the spiritual realm, right? And others are political, 
but we need to combine it. We can't say we're going to solve America's problems by being better politicians or passing better laws or teaching better curriculum or anything like that. We have to get the spiritual going. And that's what you're going to learn in this book. If you only knew is going to help you understand how to not be clueless, how to not be clueless. Like the Bible says, the people of the flood, Noah's day, they knew nothing about the flood until the door to the ark was shut and the rains came and washed them away. Oh yeah. They figured it out then they believed then, but it was too late. They were clueless up to the time that the door was shut. Now, I don't want you to be the clueless generation. I want you to get this book. Um, It's easy, easy to get, real easy. And guess what else? Right now, it's free. That's how bad I want you to do it. I'm not going to make any money. Any money that's spent is just money spent because I want you to have this. I want you to give it to your pastors or your dads or moms, uh, your kids, relatives, school teachers. And so... I'm going to ask my producer here. There's no amount that, I mean, they can download as many as they want, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you need an email address is all. And so if you've got several of them or your family has several of them, get one for, just put each one of your family in there and then email five, you know, email four or five of them or download them and uh, then send them to who you want to and tell them you need to read this. Of course, you should read it first, right? A Guide to the Clueless Generation. So I'm going to hold it up again. Take a look at it. Here it is. If you only knew, all you have to do is go to morefaithmorelife.com, morefaithmorelife.com. You'll see other books there, uh, which you, I told you you should read those first to get ready for this one. But anyway, um, when the kingdom comes, you need to read it. My absurd religion, you need to read it. But this one is absolutely free. Go to morefaithmorelife.com, put in your name, email address, and it'll open up and then you can you can download the book and you'll have it right on your phone or your laptop or whatever it is and you can read it you can send it on to somebody else you can download another one but you got to get it okay and you can't pass up free that's how important it is for me that you get this downloaded book it's short it's easy to read and you'll get the point and you'll read it and you'll realize you may have never read anything like it and it's to protect you and to keep you safe All right. So I want you to do that. And so glad that we could be together today to talk about this. We're out to save our nation. And I don't mean just salvation. So you die and go to heaven. I mean, save us, rescue us, protect us, give us a future, right? Give us a future. And we want to keep all of you and your family and your children safe till next time. Bye-bye.